0: Ride with me
1: in my foul life podcast world what's up chat building back at you another episode of the foul life podcast hope everybody's having an awesome awesome 2019 20 duck season goose season waterfowl season where are you guys at what are you seeing what's the migration doing and how are you guys reacting to that migration is it cold weather is it too hot is are the ducks on time are you guys hunting in the snow are you hunting in the rain are you hunting storms are you praying for blue skies and a little bit of a northeast wind with that sunshine at your back are you enjoying the Campfires and the hot coffee, the camaraderie, the partying, the hot meals, the Traegering, your wet dogs. Tell us, write us, what do you want to hear on these podcasts? What questions do you have? Do you need more instruction? Do you want tips and tactics? Please let us know. Please subscribe to the podcast. Please leave us a rating and review on whatever podcast platform you are getting your content from, whether it's Apple, it's iTunes, it's Spotify, whatever it is. Please leave us a rating and review. Hopefully you're liking the podcast. You give us five stars and Please remember to listen to our sister podcast, This Life Ain't For Everybody. We have a lot of badass guests on there right now, including Navy and Air Force fighter pilots, professional baseball player, professional rodeo guys, PBR, Chase Outlaw coming up soon from the state of Arkansas, George Brett and my boy, Brent Cobb, Haley Witters, music, songwriters, singers from Nashville, Tennessee. Today's episode of the Foul Life Podcast is brought to you by our friends in Paris, Texas at Bodyguard Bumpers. What what the Melakota family has done with Bodyguard Bumpers over the last 15 years is awesome. It's inspiring. It's an American-made, Texas-based success story, entrepreneurial spirit of America. Check them out at BodyguardBumpers.com for all of your front and rear end bumpers, your sidesteps, your replacement sidesteps, accessories for Jeeps, Chevy, Ford, Dodge, you name it. Grant and Kelly are doing it, and the rest of their family are doing a lot of other stuff, including guiding some of the best waterfowl hunting in Northeast Texas, Paris, Texas, Flooded timber, flooded buck brush, flooded corn, beans, you name it, the Malacott brothers are doing it. And that's who we are with today, coming live from duck camp in Paris, Tennessee at MF Waterfowl, Malacote Farms. Is it Malacote or Malacote?
0: Malacote.
1: Malacote. I've pronounced it in every. day. Malacote, Malacote. It's Malacote. Today, I have Jordan, I have Wes, and I have Matt Malacote. These are the three brothers of Grant Malacote. They actually have another brother named clay and a sister so they have six kids running wild in this family very successful family down to earth humble family and uh we got to know these guys through their brother and their sister-in-law grant and kelly over at bodyguard bumpers and badge caps and we uh we ventured down to this part of texas to check out what they have to offer and boy it was unbelievable today in those blue skies how are you gentlemen we're doing Doing good Good. how about you they're gonna talk in unison the entire time (laughs) and ask a question we're doing fine you're not even gonna be able to tell if it's one or three people talking but y'all how how old are you how old are you jordan i'm 26 26 west 31 31 matt 34 34 31 26 Granson is 40 so he's 42 and then how old's clay
2: clay's gonna be about 40
1: (sighs) so 40 so there was a pretty good gap in between them and jordan huh oh yeah Yeah. jordan were you a mistake or were you a blessing
2: (laughs) man i'm gonna say a blessing but it's up in the air it's funny like whenever i was in school Grant, he dropped me off from school a few times, and uh, they're like, "Dude, why is why is your dad dropping you
1: off?" <laughs> I'm like, that's my brother, man. He was your brother, yeah, yeah. That's a it's a little bit of a gap, but it's cool. I saw, I met your dad and your mom last night, and they're they're straight Texas farmers, ranchers, workers, huh? I mean, you this know, is a yes, blue sir. collar family, right? Yes, sir. Oh, yeah. Everything instilled in you guys. Your your dad told me last night it was work ethic, just straight work ethic, right? Right, yes, sir. right. And uh, you, what? Give me a little <clears throat> bit of an idea of what you guys do when it's not duck season. Go ahead, Matt. Tell me what y'all got going on.
2: Well, we run about, we farm about three thousand acres here in Fannin, Lamar County. Uh, corn, beans, wheat, milo, a little bit of everything. Uh, and do and then us three right here have a dozer business on the side too. Dozer and excavator stuff. So build lakes, levees. You know, you name it, uh, we can do it.
1: So what when you say when you say bulldozer and you're you're talking excavation, you're moving dirt, you're yes, sir. for what? Big commercial jobs? You doing commercial, residential farming? We do
2: some pretty big, not really commercial, but uh we do some some pretty big jobs that are I mean, they would be considered commercial, I mean in one way or another. Uh, but we do a lot of our own stuff. All these duck slews we're hunting, you know, we've built all these on the side when we don't have a have a big job going. Um, but we can we can sure do it.
1: And you, you guys are in the dirt business first before the duck business? Um,
2: we've always been hunting and stuff, you know, but yes, we've, we, uh, before we actually started the outfitting business, we were, we were doing the dozer stuff on the side, the construction side, uh, way before the duck stuff. But you were
1: farming first? Oh yeah. Farming was first and foremost. Then you said, I'm going to, we're going to get a little dozer to just, just to hook up our own property. Yeah, just just
2: fix ditches and stuff on our own, on our own farms. And one thing led to another and now we're. Now we're doing dirt work on the side too.
1: So the word spreads, some neighbor farmers see it, ask you to do a couple of odd inside jobs. You guys say, all right, we'll do it for this much money. And then all of a sudden you're like, man, we need to buy another dozer because we can't keep up with all the phone calls we're getting. So it kind of started the same way that bodyguard bumpers did. I heard that. I learned that whole story with Grant and your dad hitting a, you know, kind of nudging a a bull kind of (laughs) denting the front end of his truck a little bit. And Grant went in and started building the bumper and it just kind of happened by accident, kind of, right. right so you guys are in the duck business ducks and dirt that might we might be onto a slogan here (laughs) ducks and dirt Malacody farms ducks works good
2: works good because the dirt and farming's in the summer and then duck hunt all winter when farming and dirt slow so it works good
1: yeah and when you guys are saying that you're building these sloughs like the one we hunted today what did that look like before was it just trees growing up
2: just trees and we got in there and you know selected some trees out to take out and uh got on the north end there and pushed up a
1: levee and and uh Made it, you know, how we wanted it. So, what keeps all of the water from just evaporating into the soil? Is it, do you guys have wet enough soil to where it will hold it for a long period of time? Because you put that kind of water, which isn't real deep, knee deep, on a piece of ground where I'm from, and it's so dry, it just absorbs it in a heartbeat.
2: So, we'll go in there and scrape off the topsoil for about probably two foot down and get down a good yellow clay. And uh, then we'll dig a good core out and uh, fill it back up with clay. And just build a levee out of solid clay, you know, and then push the topsoil back on it, and it it holds good. I mean, you'll have when it fills up like that one there; it'll it'll evaporate, you know, or you'll lose a couple inches just going into the soil, but that's about it on the topsoil side. Really? Yeah.
1: So are, are all of you guys working on these properties in a machine, moving dirt? You got a dozer, you got excavators, you got backhoes, you got loaders, front end loaders. Yes, sir. You guys are doing all of this stuff on the side of your regular jobs. And are you a hundred percent committed to ducks once September, October rolls around or do you stay busy with the excavation?
2: You know, we're busy with the excavation in between still. I mean, we've got some job if we're finishing up a job, you know, in the fall we we've still got to do that, but we're not taking on any more jobs, you know, during duck season. we that's our that's our number one priority in in uh in the fall.
1: Why why is it your number one priority when the weather's still this nice? Can't y'all still be making a living or the oh, ducks yeah. got you that eaten up?
2: Ducks got us that eaten up.
1: So why would you take something that has you that eaten up and that you love so much and try to make a living part or supplement your living with it? Why why would you put the pressure on yourselves of taking a bunch of you Who's like myself or any of these paying clients on a duck hunt and having that stress that that you know shouldering that responsibility jordan you are what are you thinking on that are you are you guys are you really wanting to give people an opportunity to hunt your ducks that you grew up hunting on these properties that you're building why not just keep them for yourselves? man just another way to make a little bit of money and that's what we enjoy doing in the winter time so
2: it just kind of works out good it's fun sharing it with other people you know like first time duck hunters we've had a lot of those this winter and Lots uh, lots of women i have just as much fun watching those shoot them as as i do you know as long as we get to call them in and stuff you know it's it works good
1: right so are you guys are you guys trying to build this into something that's more than just supplementing the dirt business yes sir what are you trying to build it into we're just wanting to be
2: we'd like to be you know one of the biggest outfitters in Texas you know at some point you know um we have we're having fun having a blast doing it so we're going to keep on
1: and what do you got going that's so special that you guys think that you have so to offer somebody what are what are you going to go out and tell somebody that that they can expect here
2: one thing that we offer is we first of all we're farmers so corn is corn is a fairly hard crop to grow i mean just the average guy is not going to, you know, they can plant a little bit of corn and we just have the, have the means and the know-how to how to farm corn. And so why not put some water on it and
1: kill ducks in the winter? Right. So you guys are, you guys are positioning yourselves to hunt, Crop, corn crop which is hard to come by in this part of the country yes sir you see a lot of corn all over the country a lot of ducks getting killed over corn but in texas once they get down here you know usually it was it was peanuts yes it sir. was in the cotton it was in the rice it was in in and i don't know if i've ever killed ducks and cotton but i've heard folks have but a lot of peanut hunting down here you know we used to actually farm peanuts my dad and my granddad used to farm peanuts
2: and uh you would have a have a wet winter, you know, when you didn't get to harvest them, and the mallards would be in here by the groves, you know it. Uh, but there's no more peanuts left. Why? So. Uh the well, the elevator that took them up here in Honey Grove, they just kind of, you know, quit taking peanuts. So there's nowhere to,
1: to where to, you know, sell them. Really, because in Oklahoma they're everywhere still. Right. Not everywhere, but there's still a pretty good bit right. of them. So just the, there's just no peanuts <clears throat> in Texas anymore. Just well, this part of Texas. Out in West
2: Texas, there's there's quite a few still, but no one just, around here grows them. We just don't have anywhere to take them. That's our that's our deal we love farming peanuts back in the day uh, but we just had to quit because of that
1: so where are we right now as far as oklahoma city is straight up 35 from texas you get out of dfw and you find 35 and you go north and you go up through oklahoma city and then that continues north into kansas and wichita yes sir where are we in conjunction to the 35 corridor
2: we're about uh, about an hour and a half over from uh, the I thirty five corridor. Which way? Back east. You're over east of thirty five. Yes, 35. east of thirty five. So you guys of,
1: just south of Tulsa. Um, no, you guys aren't that far. You guys is Tex. Where does Texas end on the on the east side? Where Texarkana. 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 We're about
2: an hour and a half from Texarkana as well. And that's the Arkansas them, back, border. That's the Arkansas border. And where? What's just north of here? Just north of here, uh, Hugo. You know, McAllister, Oklahoma. Um, so the Panhandle. No, 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 no. We're way west. Way east so of the we're, panhandle. We're, the
1: panhandle is way west of here. We're right in the very northeast corner of, of Texas. Northeast corner of Texas. Yes, sir. So you you guys is it known in this area for ducks over history over the over the last thirty years?
2: I mean, not really for the big, big numbers. Um and that's another thing we enjoy is just seeing how many ducks we can, uh, you know, see how many ducks we can get in here. You know, we love it's awesome to build it, plant it watch them come you know it's 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 really rewarding oh i bet there's a lot of
1: ducks around here yes sir but this but uh, you don't hear about this area it when i hear texas waterfowl hunting it was always katie and the snow geese mm-hmm. and then it was always haskell county and over in that part lubbock where's lubbock from here is that lubbock way is west? way
2: way west
1: way yes, west sir. so is haskell county west of dallas is that southwest of here
2: you know i'm not sure uh haskell county i'm not familiar on that i don't know exactly really? where you've never heard of
1: haskell county that's like so. west of d of dallas west and it's it it's a lot of duck commander videos were filmed there back really? in the day with benny prince okay back in that area, eastland you ever heard, of eastland, oh, yeah, texas? heard eastland. of eastland is that west of dallas that's west of dallas that's haskell county okay i believe eastland's in haskell county so you guys are just on the very northeast part of texas yes sir, no wonder it took so freaking long to get here <laughs> and we were driving forever yeah and what is the what is the main ducks y'all are going to see at this, in this part of the country? You're going to see a lot of mallards, pintails, and a lot
2: of teal, a lot and, of greenling teal.
1: Where are they coming out of before they get here? They go all Kansas, the way through Oklahoma, Oklahoma Kansas? Oklahoma,
2: Kansas, you know. Uh, we're getting all the birds coming through there. And what yes, time
1: sir. do they usually show
2: up in this part of Texas? Usually about November the 10th, ish, you know. They'll start getting in here pretty good. Really? Yes, sir. That early? Huh? Yes, sir. This far south that early? Yes, sir. Now, that's not prime time, but, you know, that's a... You know they there are quite a few here around that time. Plenty to hunt. Yep, but about right now is getting about prime. You know, the next week or so we're getting about the
1: peak of what we're going to get. Most your
2: mallards show up around the split. Around the split. Yep. yep.
1: Which was just happened.
2: Yes, sir. Uh, yeah. This uh, this uh, this week here is actually the first week since the split so we're
1: kind of back nice. up last saturday last so, saturday yep
2: so y'all hit it about right
1: so are you guys taking multiple groups a day out here
2: yes sir we on weekends we usually hunt four groups a day um five to eight guys a group um weekdays we usually kind of slack off on mondays and tuesdays you know just kind of regroup and get everything back in order and starting back about wednesday hit it full throttle again Really, yes, sir.
1: So four groups uh, for a Saturday and a Sunday, yes, sir. You guys are, have that many properties, yes, sir. How many properties? Well, <laughs> um,
2: you know, I'd have to sit down and think about it. Dad has has got properties everywhere in the fan and in MMR. We've probably got twenty five to thirty sure enough good duck holes, you know.
1: Really, yep. Damn. And what do those consist of? Are most of them corn now, or what? do Most of them do. We've
2: got. <laughs> I think. I think this year we've got nine that are
1: flooded corn.
2: Um, we've got some flooded soybeans. Um, Three flooded timbers, and then a lot of them are just kind of some flooded grass type stuff. You know, some natural smart weed type stuff, and,
0: and we, that type stuff. We also planted a bunch of millet this year.
2: Yeah, yeah. planted a bunch of golden millet. Um, so we've got a little bit of everything. But right now, the mallards are, you know,
1: for sure in the corn. Really? Yes, sir. It was how? What? Give me an idea of how many mallards a guy could see in the corn.
2: Man, so we've some of the corns. You can go there, and it's not unreasonable to see, you know, five to ten thousand mallards. And then some of the smaller ones, you know, you can go in there and see 500 to 1,000, you know, be pretty realistic. Really? Yeah.
1: And are they sleeping in the corn and eating you out out of house and home real quick?
2: Yeah, we don't like them too, but there's really nothing we can do. They go in there and just, uh, you know, roost it all night long, and it's uh, they can put away some corn in a hurry. They can eat acres, you know, pretty quick. Really? Yeah.
1: So are you guys managing the water levels to keep them in and out of different places or keep we've them got, off of
2: we've got a couple that we manage like that a couple of the bigger ones so we'll flood it up a little bit more and we've also this year got a couple that we haven't even put water on yet so we're gonna when they kind of start getting us to eat out you know we're gonna we're gonna drain those and then uh, put water on on a couple new ones and turn them in on a fresh batch you know maybe like first of january yeah and so january will have some fresh corn
1: You'll probably be getting new ducks by then. Oh, yeah. You think? yeah,
2: we'll have some new birds for the by then for sure.
1: Really? So how many? How busy is the outfitting service? F, Mf Waterfowl. You
2: know, it's pretty busy. It keeps us pretty much pretty much all swamped. We've got a, us three guide, and then we've got three other guides that guide for us. Um, you know, it turns into it's pretty much a full time job in the winter. Last year we took I think about two hundred and fifty guys, and this year we're we're on the books. You know, to take like six hundred.
1: 600 guys. 600
2: paying guys yes sir really yes sir so y'all got it
1: going on yes, sir. and are are you seeing a, a a lot of success for the most part with most groups oh yeah i'm gonna say right
2: now we're probably running about a five and a half bird uh a man average per probably day. per day last, yes, sir. last year
0: by... last year through the whole season we had a
1: 5.6 bird average damn What what is the limit here the limit is six birds a man what other kind of ducks can you kill here besides mallards and sprig what do you see
2: uh you'll see some widgeons gadwalls um you know of course there's a lot of a lot of ringnecks um which we don't really want to shoot those uh killed a few killed a few redheads this year yeah, mostly mostly mallards, teal and and widgeons. I would say, and some sprig, and some sprig. Yeah, Lots there's of pintails a, this year. This year, there's actually a lot of. I know the limit came down, but there's a lot of sprig this year. You can kill six birds a day here. Yes, yes sir. sir. Six birds a day. And
1: how many? How many? All of those can be drake mallards. No, sir. Well, well you know, yeah, yeah. Five. You
2: can kill five five drake mallards. Five
1: mallards. Yes, is the Limit. Two of up them can two, be hens. Up to two hens. Five of those five can be drakes. Yes, sir. How many sprig? One Good a day, one. isn't that crazy? That's crazy. It's nuts. Two a
2: man last year, and it came down to came down to one this year. Wow, that's nuts. We've seen probably. probably what a thousand this last hunt. Yeah, this last this last weekend, we had a group that had shot a limit of, of sprig and probably passed on a thousand. After that, we were done by seven thirty on
1: mm-hmm. on sprigs yes sir seven thirty in the morning yes sir what do you guys do with your ducks are you guys processing them for the and butchering them you for bet. the clients keeping a wing on for them to travel with yes, we'll sir. clean
2: them and and uh send them
1: along with the clients every once in a while you'll have a group that that
2: don't really want them or don't like duck meat and we'll just keep them and give them to the next group or whoever you know that wants them
1: yeah as long as you're doing it legally as long as you, you yes sir have transfer tags and licenses yes, on them and numbers yes sir and you're uh you 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 have a kind of a they stay at a hotel when they come here. Are you guys looking to build a lodge one of these days? That's I mean, one. I know that we're hooked up with this unbelievable cabin here, and Gary and his family are just – not to mention his restaurant, the Fish Fry last night was amazing. Yes, sir. But um, what what are you guys working towards as far as accommodations and being all-inclusive? So we want
2: to build a lodge. That's one of our goals, to build a lodge. Maybe that'll sleep 30 or 40 guys at a time, you know. Um, right now, we've got a couple lodges that, you know, sleep like eight-ish, you know, a piece um that's what we're working with right now but that's one of our goals for sure to build a big big nice lodge that's our next step yep handle a lot of guys but yeah most of a lot of guys you know will drive up on the morning of um they'll meet us up here in tiger town around five the five o'clock mark um a lot of guys coming out of the uh, metroplex um but And then some guys will stay, you know, and some guys will stay in Paris. It's just kind of their, their call, whatever they want to do. Are you guys
1: getting a lot of clients from the Metroplex, I assume, is yes, Dallas-Fort Worth? Yes, sir. So how are you getting the word out down there? Is it spreading word of mouth mainly? <coughs> word, word, of mouth, word of
0: mouth is probably the main thing. Social media, kind of a – I don't know. We get we get a lot from social media, but word of mouth, it goes a long ways. Big time.
1: It's probably <laughs> the best that you can get. Yes, sir.
0: And then from last year to this year, we have, a I mean, a lot of repeat customers
1: probably yes, 80% rebook 80% of the guys like last before year. they leave they're booking yep, back Yeah, they're, with booking you. Back. they're they you're had, getting a deposit and you're, yes, and you're rolling yes sir that's pretty slick so
2: we've had very few well we've had a lot of new guys this year you know but all of them we saw last year that we hunted with you know they came and hunted and had a blast and rebook and <laughs> some of them have already hunted a couple times this season and calling us and their spots are booked you know and we can't really Handle them, you know. We're pretty much we've got a few dates left, but we're pretty much booked up all the way through season. Any goose hunts?
1: We don't do any goose your hunts. Your duck
2: hunts only. Duck hunts only, oh. yes sir. Flooded duck hunts, no Flooded. dry field.
1: No dry fields. Um, How cool is that? That you don't hear that much in outfitting anymore. Yes, sir. You go to Oklahoma, a lot of it's dry field. Yes You sir. go up to North Dakota, South Dakota, Kansas, Nebraska, your dry field goose, a lot of dry field corn hunting for mallards. I mean that's that's unheard of pretty yeah. much to be all over water. So, so, we went to
2: Canada this year, and that's all we hunted was dry fields. You know, we went up there and kind of did a do-it-yourself hunt and all dry fields, and they never even put a waiter on.
1: Never put one on. Never put Y'all a going on. back next year? Yes, yes sir. sir. You guys are eating up, up with Canada now? You, bet. you guys need to stay out of there. It's <laughs> close to where I go. I've seen how Spalding. y'all. Spaulding? Sh- <laughs> Don't be telling people oh, where yeah. you go. <laughs> I think he was calling me Spalding instead of Belding. <laughs> spaulding so what what are the things that you concentrate on with your approach to your hunts here is it decoy spreads are you very are you over massive spreads do you need massive spreads are you trying to if you're going into a place where they're holding 10,000 ducks it seems to me that you'd want to have some kind of some kind of footprint out there huh so we'll go in and
2: we'll scout it for a couple days you know we'll scout every day and we'll break up and and all of us go separate ways and we'll scout it and we'll watch every hole for you know a couple days and just kinda of find the spot, the X they want to be on and and uh set up a good spread and play the wind and
1: go from there and it's all history after that. So how many are we talking as far as decoys average on on these twenty five holes? Probably about four dozen. Three four to, dozen? Three to three to four
2: dozen decoys Not all, we ever, spreads. all we ever run.
1: Y'all are averaging five point six ducks per man per day and you're putting out four dozen floating decoys, yes, forty
2: eight decoys. Hey, a lot of times two, three dozen. We never go over four dozen. So it's the seldom. preseason work that's getting these
1: success rates. Yes, sir. Are. That's
2: what makes it we fun. We find out
1: where they want to be. And are you guys scouting, like uh, putting a ton of miles on and looking at every every, every day. How far does your your property span over?
2: So that's the that's the cool thing about us is we're all of our properties are out here that we duck hunter within about you know fifteen miles circle right here. So we don't have to go that far. We just got a bunch to check, and we'll do we, we do run a lot of miles, but we don't have to go that far.
1: So 15 miles, you have 25 duck holes in there. Yes, sir. What kind of bodies of water are they roosting on? Are there, is there big reservoirs (coughs) around here that hold a lot of ducks that they'll come into your corn and eat? Or, you know, I I assume you don't want them roosting on a lot of your stuff. We don't like them roosting on our corn,
2: but there's really nothing we can do. And we just kind of got to deal with it. But we've got some, so on our farming side, we've got some big reservoirs, irrigation reservoirs that they'll roost on, you know, as well. And that's fine. We try to leave them alone. If we, if we catch them on those roosting, we'll just leave them alone. We don't even like to hunt them. You know just try to try to really keep 'em roosting there.
1: How many outfitters are in this area? Are there are a bunch of outfitters <clears> around here?
2: <clears throat> I would say there's three to four right here within a within a twenty mile circle three or four, yes, sir. any have I heard of what's a bit what's a big one I've heard of um you know uh, North Texas outfitters you've probably heard of them they they're not they do some hunts up this way um swamp nasty they do some hunts over around the bottom red, red leg red
1: leg outfitters, yes sir. that's about all of them are up here. And are you guys are you guys in good standing with them? Y'all respect each other's grounds, and yeah. or does it get pretty competitive?
2: No, no, we 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 respect everything. and That's the cool thing about about us is we're not out there trying to fight to you know lease properties from under other people. All of ours is family-owned ground. You know we don't lease anything. It's all all privately-owned ground. So, so- we. We don't step on people's feet doing that, you know. That helps. Yes, sir. That's a big benefit. Yes, sir.
1: Wes, if you're out scouting right now, you got these Vortex binoculars in your truck. You're just chilling by yourself. you kind of somber dude. You got the David Hasselhoff sunglasses on right now, male model. What song are you listening to on the radio? Probably Luke Combs right now.
0: Really? Oh, yeah.
1: Which one? Cold beer? All of them. Really? Just go through the track. You like him a bunch. He's good, isn't he? Oh, yeah. He come on strong out of nowhere. What are you listening to, Jordan? George Strait. Oh, look at that. Which song? Does he have a song about Paris, Texas? He probably does. Yeah, I'm he sure came. it's out there.
2: What about you? Man, I'll listen to anything. It don't matter to me. I'll I'll listen to anything. You don't have a favorite. I don't have a favorite. Does your I'll, wife? Oh yeah. She's got a lot of stuff. George Strait. Uh she's into Parker
1: McCollum now. That I like type stuff. Oh yeah. I really like Parker McCollum. Oh yeah. But I'll listen to anything. Good dude. So that hunt this morning, that's that would be considered uh Timber slough? I would consider it timber slough. It's not the, that
2: wasn't the big, pretty hardwoods, you know, you see in Arkansas and that type stuff. Now we do have a have some of that type stuff, but this morning it was kind of buck brush, uh, this scattered, scattered big hardwoods. You know, I don't, I don't really know what you would call that one. Kind of hybrid. Um, but it's all, it is green timber. You know, we'll wait till the first frost and flood it. And then the last day of duck season, we'll pull the plug and drain it out.
1: And what kind of, what, what, why were those ducks going in there?
2: they like they're using it as a loaf right now they like to loaf on there in the day they'll go feeding the corn and uh come back in there and loaf you know in the day and just kind of hang out in there i guess they can get out of the wind and they'll get a few acorns in there and that type of stuff and then you know they'll go back to the corn uh, they've been roosting the corn over there by it right now which is not great but there's nothing we can do about that
1: so they're eating the corn in the night and then wait until the morning to come in there and just yep. roost throughout the day to go back out and evening feed yes sir really yes so it's kind of the same you know mindset as arkansas There in the rice and then they come back into the timber in the morning so you guys are scouting how do you scout that timber hole because you can't get real close to it or you just stay a distance away and just watch them work over the top of the trees and see how many are dropping in there
2: so yesterday that's what we did the last two or three days that's what we did is just kind of you know sit back a long ways away and watched it through the binoculars and uh but we can scout it we'll go back behind it and walk all the way around the trees there and come up behind the levee and over and without scaring them you know but it's it's nice to sit up there from a long ways away and just watch them you know and just see how many come in it's really nice
1: so that hunt today could have been i mean it was awesome but it could have been magic with a little bit of wind or a little bit of wind that's all we needed a little bit of wind
2: we did great it was a fun hunt um but a little bit of wind it would they would have been piling
1: in there on us you know even better than they were it was amazing for me to see um the ducks work the decoys after they got light on them. i do it all the time when i when people are like oh we got to change something we got to change something we got to move something around not that we were you know there was a bunch of that going on but people seem to get all stressed out if they're not doing it perfect in the dark and they the the way the spread looks and comes alive when that sun hits it it turned it it turned it into magic and in a heartbeat and plus we got a little bit, bit of a breeze that built up oh yeah it was, it was unbelievable. unbelievable flick the last switch for yeah, sure. it's it's like, but there was some groups where like when we hit that widgeon whistle, and they just locked up and they didn't even ask questions.
2: That's my favorite time to hunt. You know, from about nine till eleven. That's those ducks. That's my favorite time of the day to hunt.
1: Yeah, it's like turkey hunting. Everybody wants to kill them off the roost. <laughs> I'm like, I don't even want to be out there. I mean, no, I don't even want to see them fly off the tree. <laughs> I want to get them at ten o'clock when they get off that first hand, and then they're yep. walking back to get a nap, and they hear it, and they're like, oh doubling up today <laughs> the last <laughs> yeah then they get waxed you know what yep. I mean but yeah that was like that's what we're that's what you're doing is that you get that mid that that early morning rush and it's all dark and they're not see, it's there. I don't like shooting ducks in the dark they're not you know, pretty I know, understand that paying clients are going to want to get in on them you got to let them get in on them but when you can see ducks dance in the sunlight like that the big orange feet and the big heads oh, and I mean better. and you can pick out you know drakes I'm not saying that you don't need to kill a hen once in a while that there's anything wrong with it but you know pinpointing on a bunch of drakes is beautiful right it was awesome this morning you know, seeing those feet down it was sun was just right and it it worked out great what do y'all think of the sound of those jargon calls awesome man awesome you like a ducky, a ducky for sure. call for sure they are aren't they a little team calling going on today oh yeah they were they were awesome just knowing when to say something or if they're going away you saw how i'd get aggressive on mm-hmm. them and get them back into range to work and that kind of when you get ducks to do that it kind of ups your odds in my opinion because they're not turning around to waste their time they don't know they're like they're coming back they heard over something there for they lack. yeah they're coming back over there for a reason then it's all about the finishing touches you know right. and being able to, to hit them at the right times and say but there's a lot that goes into duck calling that's not just you know putting air into a call there's a lot of like, trickery that I've learned over the years to get ducks to line up a little bit better than they might if you weren't duck calling or hitting them the right time. Mm-hmm. And what, what were your guys' feelings on that today? Were, were you thinking as a group, you're calling too much, you're calling too loud, you're not calling enough? What were you all thinking?
2: You know, uh, when they were way out there, I like to get aggressive with them. And when they get in there real tight, you know, back off a little bit. But it, was, it worked out great the way we did it today it it really did you had them on a string
1: for sure they were working good What well, oh, yeah. what you think
0: oh they were good especially those we had i think it was a double we had this morning way out there and then you were you were you know getting down on that call and it's like they whiplash Just turn around and they come right in so I down them they were decoys. gone
1: for sure yeah i did too i was like please turn around <laughs> please turn around next broke come back so what are we looking forward to tonight what's this place all about tonight in paris it's called the 107 is that what it's called? It's one hundred and seven. I'm not real familiar with it, but good food could be a good time, be a good hangout. Who are we hanging out with tonight? Hanging out with Bodyguard Truck Accessories Crew. Yeah. Badge caps, yes sir. And badge caps, and then tomorrow we're having a cookout. Where?
2: We're having a cookout out at Tiger Town tomorrow. It's going to be lots gonna, of good
1: food at what cabin? You're at paying?
2: the at the Enzy Cabin. The Enzy Cabin. The, the, the yes sir, Gary Enzy Cabin. Yes sir.
1: Is that this one? That's this one. We're here. We're having it here oh, tomorrow. Yeah. Yes sir. Really? Yeah.
2: Oh, we're cooking here on this deck. Yeah, Yeah, we're we're throwing down here tomorrow. Down here at this fire pit. We're
1: gonna fire that Traeger up. You guys got music coming? I hope so. Working on it. There better be somebody here. (laughs) The buildings. I don't know how to sing. (laughs) Oh he said he could sing. I don't know if he can or not. He He can pick a guitar badass, but he can't sing. (laughs) See that little Traeger over there? That's called the Ranger. See that little box over there? It's got a searing plate in it and a grill. You can get it to 490 degrees, and I reverse sear steaks and tri-tips on that deal. Take them off of the heat of a bigger Traeger on the grill part of it, and I have that searing plate going at 490 degrees, and I cinch them at at two minutes apiece each side. It's a lot of people sear first you ever heard where people will sear first mm-hmm. and they think it's locking all the juices in yeah, it's not it's opening it. up all the pores. it does some stuff to the outside of that meat to where a lot of those juices and flavors escape the reverse sear i'm telling you it's it, i'll show it to you tomorrow on these ducks tomorrow's hunt is going to be in the corn and it's going to be in a stand-up blind like today or is it a pit blind same blind who built these blinds you wes we did you fabricate, you weld too. Oh yeah. You know how to run a welder. Oh yeah. God damn, I feel like not a man around <laughs> you guys driving <laughs> dozers and tractors and welding and, I mean, come on, you guys got to lay off a little bit. Yeah, we actually before right before season, which we built a lot
0: last year, and then we added on. That's kind of what our whole game plan is: is each year, you know, build more, you know, plant more corn, get more flooded water, get more ducks. But this year, right before season, we built another. What, 22? 20, yeah, twenty I think 22. Lines.
1: Yep. Need some more. Yeah, pretty
0: much everything we do here, I mean, from start to finish,
1: we do in-house. Everything. Everything. You don't sub anything out. Nope. No sourcing. Nope. So what 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 can we expect tomorrow? What are we going to do? Are we going to get up on a levee with a backdrop, or are we up against some woods? How do you have a backdrop on a levee if it we're is gonna, a
2: levee? So we're going to be on a backdrop. The wind's going to be out of the south tomorrow, southeast actually, I think, uh, <clears throat> right up against some woods. So we've got a backdrop blinds are brushed in with cedar, and there's a bunch of natural cedar right behind us anyway, and we've been killing them good there um they
1: we'll, get in there tight,
2: oh yeah, well, yeah, they'll be in there you know in the twenty five yard range they'll be they'll be right there
0: a little- a little bit farther than what we were doing today, really, and it's still but gonna be
1: they'll good.
0: still i mean they'll still be decoying, but right there in front of the blind we got a channel so and then the corn's out there 30, 40 yards, so I mean there's gonna be a little bit farther but they'll still be they'll be in there good
2: they've got a lot more options to land open water versus where we were this Mm -hmm. morning um but we'll get in there and the early birds i figured on this on this slew here we've been having a lot better luck you know with the late birds the early birds don't want to get up there next to you for some reason but we've been you know that starting about nine o'clock so we're going out a little bit later tomorrow we're going to get in there probably early right about like we did this morning you know 10 minutes after shooting hours just kind of just kind of get set up and tight and if if some do it right you know go ahead if not we'll We'll get those coming in
0: later, yeah, for sure. And there's no geese that use this flooded corn at all. No geese. No
1: geese in this area.
0: We have a bunch of snows, like in the conservation season, February, March, but and then we'll have some early canadas in September. But during duck season, I mean,
1: not enough to speak of. Really, that's I've killed a lot of geese in Texas, lots of them, just not this part. I guess
2: we've got a bunch of resident canadas, you know, that stay around here all the time, but. Not a lot, you know, but there'll be fifteen, twenty on this one, twenty on that one, that type deal. It's not enough to really mess with, really. Yeah,
1: and what? Tell me about your
2: dog, Matt. So I've got a dog. Um, I got him from Red River Retrievers over in Texarkana, Arkansas, and he was a uh, Lawson Barker. That was his actually guide dog. He got it in Arkansas and and uh, had him trained, you know, and everything. And I tried a couple dogs, and they were really good. They just wasn't what I was looking for in being a house dog, you know. With I've got three little girls and. So uh he ended up selling me his dog and uh man he's an awesome dog. He's got a finished up his master master pass uh master title this summer. He was already HRCH you know when I got him. Um but man he's a he's a beast. He'll pick up some birds for sure. What's his name? Haggard. He's a black lab. Yes, sir. Do you know do you know who the sire was or do you Man, I don't really offhand. Um I should know um but no I don't really know offhand. He good looking
1: dog, oh, yeah, really? He's a
2: big dog, he weighs about 83 pounds. Oh, he's a big blocky dog. head, kind of like you he's a dog? yes, you, sir.
1: What kind you got? Uh, black lab. So, you got quality qualified and papered up like this one, no, sir. He just turned two. This is his first season of actually hunting. Stunned, uh, I've had dog. him
2: at Red River Retrievers, they've been working with him. And uh, I'm gonna take him back and get his get some finish passes on him this spring, hopefully, get his title. Yeah, nice. they're they're awesome guys over there, man. They know yeah, they know the, what they're doing, they know the duck hunting side plus the field trials and all Are that. They stuff. In Texas. They're all actually on the Arkansas side, Arkansas. but it's right there. Texarkana, you know, is half Arkansas, half Texas, and it. Uh, they're on the Arkansas side. You got one too,
0: Wes. I got one named Clay. Uh, I got him from a different guy, but I've sent him to Red River Retrievers, and he's been he's been working with him. And uh, as a matter of fact, last week he just passed his fourth master
1: uh, test, so he's he's getting close to being qualified. I like it. So you guys got three black labs. Yes, sir. They're all going to be master hunters pretty soon. Oh, yeah. You guys need to get them all out here for some pictures. We will. We will. Tomorrow and Friday. For sure. So, you guys are building a waterfowl hunting empire. That's the goal. That's the goal. You want lodging, 30, 40 people, pool tables, big screen TVs, awesome food, open bar, music, Texas, red dirt music. You want camaraderie. You want a fire pit outdoors. You want a big shop. You want an organization. You want leadership. You want all of the stuff that goes into running your excavation and dirt business. You want it to go back into this duck hunting business and take it to the next level. You're starting out of getting a word of mouth. Uh, business approach out there that you guys are very good at what you do you got good approach you scout hard you got great properties which is key that's the number one thing is that you guys aren't leasing anything you're not asking for permission you own all of these properties you have family behind you in this you got a great customer base out of dallas fort worth area now you guys are trying to reach out more to a national audience to come in to this part of texas and enjoy a, a you know you hear the word world class all the time i don't like throwing that around but a really strong waterfowling experience. That's what your guys' goal is. Yes, sir. And what's the next steps? Building a
0: lodge. Yeah, building a lodge, and then next year keep adding on, adding more sloughs, more food sources, and uh, just – Get more ducks in. Get more ducks. Bring them. Bring, bring the them ducks. You can never have too many. Yeah,
1: and I, you know, just you always just make sure that you guys are w- doing the little things. You know, yes, sir. You, you know, that would be my advice of the good outfitters. They are no, qu- you know, they have all the questions asked. They have all of those ch- those boxes checked. Hey, what licenses do we need? Hey, what what's the easiest airport to fly into? How do we get there? Do we rent a car? What's the easiest way to get there? You got directions, downloadable maps on your website. You got all the r- regulations of the limits. Everything you got, what licensing you need? It's so awesome to hunt in Texas. A three-day license, fifty-five bucks. That's with the duck certification and the HIP ID. You know, the HIP identification. Not bad. That's strong. Fifty-five bucks for cheap. three days of duck hunting, like we saw today. So you got so that. You got that whipped right now. A person wants a three-day trip in here. Yeah, it's cheap for the licensing. You guys are going to put together an awesome lodge. You guys got great properties. You got the ability to get unbelievable food. Even if Gary catered all your meals, I mean, a catfish <laughs> night, a steak night. <laughs> now you're mean, some of those freaking pickled tomatoes that he was jarring up for me last night that hush coleslaw puppies. was awesome the hush puppies i'd have him catering stuff in there <laughs> i might even hire him away from the fish fry he owns it he can leave when he wants <laughs> that's, your, that's your cook right there but yeah i see it going good guys and i you know i applauded. i want to do another podcast after tomorrow's hunt to see how it compares with today's hunt it's going to be tough to beat how close some of those ducks were bouncing on of us see that's the thing about what we do is that we kill three times as many ducks as we did today, which would have been way over the limit. So let's just say we killed two times as many, which still would have been over the limit. But I'm not going to call the shot on every single duck that flies our way. I'm not into the number game. I want to see ducks do it right. I want to kill the ducks that we consider our ducks that are doing it right. I don't just want to have a passing shot on a sprig at 50 yards. Holding that sprig in my hand or seeing him fall out of the air doesn't mean a lot to me. I, I respect it more than that. I'm not saying that it's not a good thing to do for people. If you want to take that 50-yard passing shot that's fine, but I'd rather have them back flapping, feet down in the decoys, to where the dog sees them fall. He's out, he's back in with it. No cripples, and you know everything's pretty ethical. Every bird we shot this morning was back over the decoys. It was, it was fun. They were, and I don't, and I'm not saying that that's the only way to do it, but I think that there is a right way to duck hunt. I think that if you see it done that way, and you're patient, and you're not into the numbers game, and hopefully your clientele learns that that there's going to be days where it's not a mop up limit every single time, and you right. want those clients and that that customer. Base to be understanding that they're here for the experience your hard work and, and everything else that you have to offer as far as a family as far as friends as far as the kinship goes that's where I see it going and you guys got a lot to offer as far as how welcoming you are how much your family trusts you guys and how much they support you guys I think it's a no brainer to take it to the next level especially when you have the access that you do yes sir it's pretty special I can't wait we're going to go scout that corn right now you better. let's go do that we'll go to the 107 we'll have a cold beer And whatever they're going to feed us. I don't know what kind of food it is because it doesn't sound like you guys know what kind of (laughs) food it is. We're just going to go try this 107 tonight. We will report back tomorrow with what we think of the 107. We will report back tomorrow on how our flooded corn hunt goes with MF waterfowl tomorrow. We are going to be targeting mallards. We're going to run into the occasional sprig and wigeon tomorrow. Maybe even a green winger. Um, Not many other ducks that... I'd really even want to see. I'm not a big diver guy, even though I respect them all and I love them all. I like mallards. I like working mallards. So we're going to report back to you guys tomorrow with another episode of the Fowl Life Podcast coming at you live from Paris, Texas. MF Waterfowl. What's the website, guys?
2: Well, we're actually working on the website right now. We're just Instagram and Facebook right now. Instagram, Facebook, okay, at, got, at we'll,
1: MF Waterfowl. Just at
2: MF
0: Waterfowl. You got
1: Matt, you got Wes, you got Jordan, Malakote, their brother Grant, and their sister-in-law Kelly owns Bodyguard Bumpers in Paris, Texas, Badge Caps. Look for more of Badge Caps on our TV show, The Foul Life, season 11 airing right now on the Outdoor Channel. We're currently filming for season 12, which will go to air July 2020 through December 2020 exclusively on the Outdoor Channel channel. Check out all the new merchandise at thefowlife.com. Get your new Tumblr cup. We got a sale going on right now. Get a Tumblr cup or a hooded sweatshirt. Get any Fowlife t-shirt or hat absolutely free. Um, Of course, you pay the shipping. Don't be trying to put that off on me either. Jargongamecalls.com. The small talk, the loudmouth, the icebreaker, new call designs coming soon, new colors and combinations coming soon. Our new beanies, our new hats, our new hoodies, our new t-shirts, and our new lightweight hooded sweatshirt is bad to the bone. Check that out at jargongamecalls.com get something for your family or your friends for this upcoming Christmas season. Don't say happy holidays. Tell a stranger, Merry Christmas. Tell a veteran, thank you for your service. Tell a serviceman, a police officer, an EMT, a firefighter, thank you for what they do for our communities. And if you see a teacher, tell them thank you for what they do for the youth of tomorrow. Chad Belding, the foul life for MF Waterfowl, for Mr. Jordan, Mr. West, Mr. Matt, Tom, hit that button, play 2AM Logic. This is my foul life written by yours truly. You can find it right now on iTunes. Hit that purchase button for 99 I think we get about three cents of that. So hurry up and get us rich. My Foul Life, Tom hit the button. Thank you all very much. And today's episode, remember, is brought to you by Bodyguard Bumpers in Paris, Texas. Check them out at bodyguardbumpers.com. See ya.